Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hello everyone and thanks for joining me today. Communication. What makes us a good safety communicator? Well, effective safety communication relies on well-developed skills. As a manager or leader, you must be able to balance time constraints and a heavy workload while managing other employees and projects and at the same time keeping the communication channels open. Good communicators use listening techniques and non-verbal strategies to improve their conversations. Because what you're doing in face-to-face communicating is taking what you want to say as it exists in your mind, converting or coding it into words and possibly gestures and sending the message in speech and perhaps using signs and signals. Your receiver hears your words, sees your gestures and decodes them into what they mean to them. Unfortunately, communication breakdown occurs more often than not, and the sender's message may be completely distorted by the time it is decoded by the receiver. For this podcast, I look at the different types of safety communication commonly used across organisations, the barriers to effective communication, and I'll provide five areas that you can work on to improve your verbal communication skills. The first area that I wanted to look at were the key components of safety communication in your organisation. Now, there are several areas where companies undertake safety communication to ensure a safe workplace for their employees and visitors. And these include, and are not limited to, Safety audits. As you conduct your audit and the reports you produce, you signal areas that are going well and those that need improvement. Safety audits are important areas of safety communication. Next, we have a risk assessment. When you regularly conduct your risk assessments, you actively communicate that safety is critically important. You might also have JSAs and take fives. And these documents communicate your expectations about hazards and their control measures. All organisations should be conducting a safety induction and other training. Your training is critical to your safety communication. The safety induction is where it starts and ongoing refresher training supports and reinforces your message. Then you have pre-starts, toolbox and safety talks. And these types of safety communication are the chance to personally discuss successes and issues with your teams. You also have emails, posters and message boards. These are visual communications and they continue to reinforce your efforts to create a safe and healthy workplace culture. Everything is governed by work health and safety legislation, codes of practice, guidelines and the hierarchy of controls. Safety governance communications establish the non-negotiables and set the standards. Organisations also have procedures and policies, and these documents translate work health and safety legislation into workable communication documents that prescribe 
the desirable behaviour. And finally, you have KPIs and performance appraisals, where you assess your employees' achievements and where they might perform better. So now let's take a look at the barriers to effective safety communication. Some examples are when the receiver may have insufficient ability to understand what you're saying. Distraction and noise may also stop your message getting through. Misunderstandings may occur when we're at cross-purposes with the receiver, who makes their assumptions as to the meaning of what we're trying to convey, or jumps to conclusions. Also, differing viewpoints about an issue can result in someone failing to understand your way of seeing things. Sometimes, fearful situations can distort what we see or hear. And finally, what you're trying to communicate may be overly complex and require them to hear or read something several times to gain understanding. Now, there are several areas you can consider to make your verbal communication more effective. And the first is that you should ensure that your message is clear. This means clarifying your ideas and thinking and planning before you speak or write. Your message must be simple and easy to understand. Be sure of what you're trying to achieve and structure your communication to achieve this most economically and effectively. Don't overload your safety communication with too many objectives. Be concise and make sure it's complete and correct. Always be mindful while you communicate of the overtones as well as the basic content of your message and consider the long-term and immediate effects of any communication. The second thing you should do is to consider the total physical and human setting whenever you communicate. Ask yourself if there are any circumstances or conditions which affect the chances of your safety communication being received and understood as you wish it to be. Are you in a noisy or distracting environment? If so, move to a better location. Are you feeling stressed or emotionally overwhelmed? If you are, you're more likely to misread other people, send confusing or off-putting verbal signals, and lapse into unhealthy knee-jerk patterns of behaviour. To avoid conflict and misunderstandings, use stalling tactics to give yourself time to think before you reply. You could ask a question to be repeated, or for clarification of a statement before you respond. If the situation warrants it, you may be willing to compromise to find a middle ground. Alternatively, you may say that we can agree to disagree or defer the conversation and physically remove yourself from the uncomfortable situation to let things settle down before you revisit the discussion. The third area that you should look at to improve your communication skills is to focus on what you're communicating. You can't communicate effectively when you're multitasking. If you're checking your phone, planning what you're going to say next, or daydreaming, you're almost certain to miss nonverbal cues in the conversation. To communicate effectively, you need to avoid distractions and stay focused and maintain eye contact. Your focus will help in getting the other person interested in what is communicated. 
As a leader or manager, all safety communication requires your complete focus. And when it comes to safety communication, your message must get through. The next area to be aware of is your body language. If you disagree with or dislike what's being said about your safety communication, you might use negative body language to rebuff the other person's message, such as crossing your arms, avoiding eye contact or tapping your feet. You don't have to agree with or even like what's being said, but to communicate effectively and not put the other person on the defensive, it's important to avoid sending negative signals. You need to remain open and attentive. Also, your body language should reinforce what is being said and not contradict it. If you say one thing, but your body language says something else, your listener will likely feel that you're being dishonest. For example, saying yes, while you're shaking your head, saying no. The fifth area for effective safety communication is less about talking and more about listening. You need to become an active listener. Listening well means not just understanding the words or the information being communicated, but also understanding the emotions the speaker is trying to convey. Try to understand the other person's point of view. Listen and watch for evidence of reactions and attitudes. When you're an active listener, not only will you better understand the other person, you'll also make that person feel heard and understood. This can help build a stronger, deeper connection between you and support your organisation's safety culture. The final area of good safety communication is the follow-up. This may involve checks to see that instructions have been carried out correctly, or it may result in freedom to question and discuss, or it may mean a two-way feedback of the message. If there seems to be a disconnect, reflect what has been said by paraphrasing. You could use phrases like, what I'm hearing is, or sounds like what you're saying is. Try not to simply repeat what the speaker has said verbatim. Instead, express what the speaker's words mean to you and ask questions to clarify certain points. For example, what do you mean when you say, or is this what you mean? As a manager or leader, your communication skills impact those you work with. So it's important that you think about how you communicate and listen. Nowhere is this more critical than in your safety communication to support your efforts to keep your employees safe and well. But fortunately for most of us, improving our communication skills is an ongoing process. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast has been useful for you to move forward and improve your safety communication skills. Catch you next time. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, 
Search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.